Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name's Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. Hey, I cannot wait to share some thoughts with you. I cannot tell you how I've tried to avoid this for some reason, but the spirit just won't let me not talk about this today. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a cup of coffee, hopefully turn off your phone, silence the notifications just for a few minutes, because this could be a game changer for you. I just feel like God wants me to share this with the community out there. And I pray that this will be something that will be a game changer for you. I know it's a great reminder and it's been a game changer for me. I want to talk about rest, solitude, and silence. Now, before you hit the off button, before you tune me out, hear me out just for a few minutes, please. Because as leaders, so many of us are guilty of running too hard, too fast. We have bought into the productivity monster that our society has sold us. And we think that busyness equates success. We think And I've said this before on this podcast, we've had this discussion with many other leaders. You've heard it on stages at conferences being talked about. We've gone to breakouts listening to this topic, and yet we're still struggling. So what does that say? I've been doing a a study, uh, uh, some research, and it's ongoing right now. In fact, there's a survey live in the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group where I would love to get your feedback on this idea. But I'm trying to find out where are our leaders at? Where are our hearts? Where's our burnout level, um, frustration level, exhaustion level? Because it's high. Um, Sadly, what I'm seeing so far in the results is a lot of leaders who say, well, I know I have an outlet at times, but I don't use it, or I have no outlet. When I've asked the question of when is the last time you've taken a break? When have you taken time for soul care? Most, you know, a lot of people said I haven't, or it's been too long. I don't remember. Or I went to a conference recently. Hey, look, conferences are great, but they're not just going to get the results of of, of what solitude and silence will get you. They won't feed your soul all the way. They'll definitely pump you up for a little while, but there needs to be a practice, a lifestyle change. And so I want to encourage you to sit for a few minutes and think about this. In in my book, Valleys Over Mountains, The Guide for the Hard Seasons, my pastor shared this scripture a while back, and he shared it from the message version and uh, paraphrase. and, And I just, it just really struck me. And so I put it in the book because I felt like it was a perfect way to start it and a perfect challenge. So let me, let me start the podcast off with this 
scripture from Matthew 6, 6 from the message. And it says this, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so that you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. So I want to encourage you. When is the last time that you found a quiet place? When's the last time you've left behind who you had to quote unquote be and just sit before God? When's the last time you were present just simply and honestly before the Lord? When was the last time you stopped thinking about ministry and about what it would do for you and your resume and just focused on, on the Father and his grace and love for you? I want to challenge you in these few minutes to consider the idea of rest, solitude, and silence. Research has shown for a long time if you're not resting well, if you're cheating yourself in the area of physical rest, it will catch up with you. It affects your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual life. It has consequences for when you don't rest. So when I've asked leaders as I'm coaching them, are you cheating on your day off? Meaning, do you allow work to come in to your day off? Are you cheating on your vacation time, either leaving it on the table and not using it, or are you working while you're on vacation? I even had a leader confess to me that even while they were on sabbatical, they were working on stuff. They were looking at ministry things. You know, if you ever get the opportunity to take sabbatical, it's not supposed to be about learning new and improved things. When I had the opportunity to take a sabbatical years ago in one of the churches that I was at, it was actually a policy, which I think every church needs to have a policy of sabbatical for their staff if they want to keep them from turning over and burning up, burning out. So thankfully, this church had a sabbatical plan, and it was 12 to 16 weeks, and you were banned from the church. You were banned from emails and phone calls. And basically, it was wonderful because I was like dead to the church world. And for the first time in my life, I was able to focus on me, my family, my relationship with God. And you know what? It was a game changer. It was a life saver. I had the opportunity to go out to Yosemite during that time. And if you've gotten my book, you'll see some stories from there. I was at a point where I was not resting. I was sleeping very, very little because I couldn't shut my mind off. When I would take a vacation, yeah, I would take seven days. And you know what? It took me three days just to unwind, to stop thinking ministry stuff, to be fully present with my family. Rest is huge. Whenever you see Jesus in scripture, when he starts to do things, he takes time to get away. And I believe rest 
was an element. Now you can say, well, Tom, I don't see it exactly in scripture that he says it rested. He rested. Well, there's only, you know, there's 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. Jesus had to sleep sometime. He had to rest at some point, right? So when you see these things where as Jesus was getting ready to start his ministry, he spent 40 days alone in the desert. There had to be times where he took naps. He didn't just wander around the desert for 40 days. Before he chose the 12 disciples, he spent an entire night alone in the hills. When he got done feeding the 5,000, he went up to the hills by himself. In Matthew 14, 23, it says after, after a long night of work in the morning, while it was day, he arose and he went out to a lonely place, a quiet place. He told the disciples even in the book of Mark to get away by yourself to a lonely place, a quiet place. Every time you see Jesus ministering in scripture, that there was some intensity, there was some, some grinding, there was some healing, there was some miracle, there was some things going on. You see Jesus very quickly soon after going away to quiet places, getting alone. You see, sometimes we're afraid if we stop doing things, then we stop mattering or that we're not going to be as productive, that people are going to view us as being lazy. And you know what? Those are lies the enemy tells us to get us to stop, to, to not stop, I should say. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. How many of you just finished that with me? Be still and know that I am God. Those eight words are an indictment to all of us, aren't they? If we're honest. How often are you still? Because see, most of us translate that scripture, get busy or be busy and know that we're productive. So others especially will notice our productivity. We're constantly trying to produce and produce and produce and produce because we're worried about our jobs. We're worried about our careers. We're worried about stuff of earth <laughs> and not our souls and not even of the souls of people that we're leading. So many leaders miss the connection between what they're doing for God and their work for God and, and just being for God. And, and part of it too is we're afraid of solitude. A lot of us are such people, people, people. Now, even those of you that are introverts, solitude for you can be a hard thing. So don't think uh, my outgoing extroverts don't think that being an introvert allows it makes you better at solitude. Uh, and, and, and those of you that are introverts don't think that those of us that are extroverts can't practice solitude. But we need to. We need to learn to rest. We need to learn to be still. We need to stop this mentality that we've got to work harder and harder. 
We got to get more volunteers so we can avoid burnout. Boy, am I tired of, I'm almost tired of the word burnout because it's being misused. Burnout is, is, is different than being tired and worn out. And getting all the volunteers in the world is not going to prevent burnout. Having all the resources in the world will not prevent burnout. Having the best facilities in the world will not prevent burnout. But rest, solitude, silence will help prevent burnout. I know it's true. I've had solid volunteer teams. I've had full volunteer rosters. I've had a waiting list. And I still burned out. Listen, we need this. You need this. I need this. I need to learn to be still and know that he is God. And I've been pretty lousy at stillness and solitude over the years. So I've had to work hard on this. But inward solitude has outward benefits. And Jesus lived with the heart of inward solitude. And it really is a heart attitude. It's not just a location. It's not getting away from everyone. I heard it said that even a hermit in the desert doesn't always practice solitude. It's not about aloneness. It's about having your heart centered on the right things. I love what uh, Richard Foster in the Celebration of Discipline says. He has a beautiful chapter, and I'm going to share some thoughts from this chapter uh, because it's powerful and it's better wisdom than I can share with you in these few moments that I have left. But he says, we can cultivate an inner solitude and silence that sets us free from loneliness and fear. Loneliness is inner emptiness. Solitude is inner fulfillment. Solitude is more of a state of mind and heart than it is a place. So here's the thing. When have you practiced solitude last? Now, I will also tell you that solitude has to happen with silence. And without silence, there's no solitude. Because solitude always in, in, invokes and, and, and has to have with it and involves the act of listening, of sitting quietly. And so we've got to understand this connection between inner solitude and silence because really, they really are inseparable. And that's something Foster pushes out is that they have to be together. And, and remember, my friends, that the purpose of getting alone with God is so that we can see and hear him. We can sense his presence. If you haven't felt God's presence in your life, it's not because your worship service is bad or that you haven't gotten to worship. <laughs> you haven't gotten to big church. That's not it. It's because you haven't learned the practice of sitting alone with the spirit with getting alone with the Father and controlling your heart attitude so that you have solitude even in the crowds. You see, it takes the Spirit's control of our tongues and our minds for us to practice solitude and silence. 
Um, I love what, what Foster says is the purpose of solitude and silence is to be able to see and hear control rather than no noise is the key to silence. James saw this clearly in the person who could control his tongue would be perfect. Under the discipline of silence and solitude, we learn to speak and when to refrain from speaking. Do you know how to do that? <laughs> Boy, I'm a talker, as you can tell. I can sit here and talk into this microphone for a while. But control's the key. And I've been begging God lately just to help me have some more spirit control over my mind, my mouth, my tongue, my heart. I want to be that person that can sit in silence and hear God's breath, his voice. I want to develop that discipline of silence so that I can say what needs to be said and to be silent when I need to be silent. You know, one of the things I learned as I've gotten older is the less that I say makes what I say more valuable to those that hear. I want to be that person in the room that, that people turn to and because I don't say too much. And they want to know my thoughts because I'm listening to God. I want to, I want to have that heart. That's not, no, that's not a prideful thing. That's not saying, hey, I want people to look at me and listen to my wise words. That's not what I'm saying. But what I want to be is that person that's so spirit controlled, that lives in this place of solitude and silence, that, that when I do speak, it brings value to people. I know a lot of people that talk just to talk. I don't want to be that kind of person. So that's what I, I, I think God is telling us today is to learn. We don't want to have that sacrifice of fools. It's mentioned in scripture in Ecclesiastes 5.1. You know, it says that it'd be better to draw, to, to draw near and listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools. Meaning don't keep talking, talking, talking and just become a fool. Sometimes we make promises that we can't keep. I overpromised and I underdelivered as a young leader because I talked too much. My words were getting me into trouble. I talked a lot of hype, but didn't follow through all the time. Made a lot of fancy things, and a lot of shiny things, but it wasn't always the best because I hadn't had control. I want to encourage you to think about as you sit in silence, as you find some time to be silent, who's in control? Who's steering your ministry? Are you doing the things he really wants you to do? Or are you doing the things that are expected or that you want to do? You see, we don't have to live up to anybody's expectations except for God's. Now you say, hold it. Whoa, I've got a boss. I've got a leader over on top of me. And if I don't please him, but listen, if you're pleasing God, everything else falls into line. God takes care of it all. And so your mouth is, is that thermometer that gives you your spiritual temperature. It's also a thermostat that regulates your therm spiritual temperature too. And so... <laughs> When you need to, to cool down, you need to realize that that's because you need some silence in your life. So solitude and silence. So how do we practice that when our world is so noisy? How do we practice that when the world is so loud? 
Let me give you a couple of few tips as we wrap up. Stop the hustle and start the slowdown. Schedule some time each week to sit in silence. Even if that's sitting out in your car before you go into the office or come home at night, spend some time slowing down. Slow your heart. Slow your mind. Stop the pedal to the metal mindset and start sitting still. Be still and know. If you're not sure what to do next, it's because you're running so fast trying to find the next thing. You're on social media searching for the next thing, crowdsourcing every idea. Instead of sitting quietly with your Bible and just letting the Spirit tell you what to do. Stop all the talking and start listening in silence. What does silence sound like to you? Do you hear the Spirit's voice? Do you feel him moving in your presence? Are you in his presence, I should say? Do you, do you sense his leading in where you're going in ministry and what you should be doing in this coming season, in this new now? So how do you do it? You got to stop and start, but you got to schedule it and you got to account for it. Got to have somebody holding you accountable. That's one of the challenging parts and the loving parts that I do with all of the people that I coach through KMC coaching and restoring leaders. I lovingly hold them accountable and I ask them to hold me accountable. I have a group of people who hold me accountable to this and they're allowed to ask me anytime. Am I sitting in silence? Am I stopping the talk? Am I spending time in solitude with my Jesus? Look, I want to stay in ministry for as long as God wants me to, and I want you there with me. I want to see more veterans, seasoned veterans of ministry. So the only way to do that is to keep practicing this. Start practicing this if you haven't. Keep practicing it if you are. Go deeper with it. If there's one thing you can do new in 22, it's start the practice of rest, solitude, and silence. Hey, I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast. If you need help in this area, I would encourage you to check out the restoringleaders.org website. We are literally updating almost daily now the locations and schedules for upcoming retreats where you can take four days for rest, solitude, silence, connection. We want to help you live restored and lead renewed. And the only way to do that is to get leaders to start refocusing on where they are and what, and what their pace is. And is it healthy or not? Is it sustainable or not? We help them renew their calling and, and their passion and a battle plan for ministry ahead. And then we help them live restored so that they can develop spiritual disciplines and practices so that they can live and lead in this healthy place. You want to avoid burnout? It's not with all this stuff. It's not with all the bells and whistles. It's not with another conference or course. It's about you developing your own practice of rest, solitude, and silence. And if you don't know how, I would challenge you to come to a retreat. We have some coming up in Ohio, in Pennsylvania, in Florida. 
Um, so check out the website. If you need help right now, please reach out. There's going to be some online courses even launching soon, some connection groups that you can come and learn these practices if you can't get to a retreat. So check it out. If you need help, please reach out to me at tom at restoringleaders.org. I'm here to serve you. But again, thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. I'm Tom Bump. I'm your friend. I'm praying for you. I'm cheering you on. Stay tuned for another episode of the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.